Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realise that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You know that's the sound of another sale on your online Shopify store. But did you know Shopify powers selling in person too? That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash BOF, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash BOF to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash BOF. From sustainability, I'm, I'm very careful talking about it externally because for me, it's so important to have real things to talk about and it not just be a marketing term. So what is luxury if it's not about a price point? I look at things in terms of style and this idea of how things make you feel, emotion. And there's nothing better when I hear that our clothes make women feel confident. That's a luxury to me. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of the Business of Fashion, and welcome to the BOF Podcast. 
This week, our editor-at-large, Tim Blank, sits down with the designer, Tori Birch, who's been using her time during the pandemic to focus less on business and more on design, particularly since her husband, Pierre-Yves Roussel, took on the role of chief executive back in 2018. The pandemic is giving Tori more time to focus on perfecting product, which she tells Tim is a rare silver lining in an otherwise challenging situation. Here's Tori Birch, Inside Fashion. Today, I am talking to Tori Birch, and, um, you know, we've all been in lockdown, not well, in, the, in London, we're in lockdown again. Um, but uh, Tori has been in, you know, in the same situation as all of us. Now, I'm very curious as to where, where you have been, where you have spent this time, where you have spent these Groundhog Days. <laughs> it is Groundhog Day. Um, hi, Tim. Hi, Tori. Well, in March, I came with a small little suitcase thinking I was coming for the weekend um, to quarantine and or at least a week. And I've been in mostly in Long Island in Southampton, but uh, from March until June out here, then now I go into the city three days a week, which has been great. How did you find the whole experience? I, I've, I'm talking to designers. It's such an interesting thing how many of them have said to me that they never realized how restriction was so inspiring. And um, I'm curious as, as to know, as, to find out what your experience might have been with. Um... Yeah, no, I mean, listen, we've always had a bit of restriction in, in one way or another. Um, so I, I, I like restriction. I, I I think one of the things that has happened with the whole lockdown is it makes you stand still. It makes you uh, not travel, not move, um, which uh, in, in a way for me, the last 15 years has been a constant of all of that. So to be able to be in one place has been um, really transformative on many levels. It's definitely one of the silver linings, but from uh, restriction and Finding creativity within is is something that um, has happened, and this idea of being resourceful and agile, I think it all ties together. How has it changed your opinion of what you do? Well, I'm definitely uh, have a giant magnifying glass for the last ten months, which I can't believe it's almost ten months that we've been doing this. Um, and you know, it's for me been. Um, it, uh, it, it's thinking about intention and thoughtfulness and um, well, certainly, you know, with Pierre-Yves joining as CEO for the last two years, it's also given me the opportunity to focus only on product and give up the operating role of our company, which um, on, <laughs> has been um, a wonderful thing on many levels, but to be able to just focus on the product and particularly since COVID, um, it's it's been um, a, a a bunch of thoughtfulness around editing, around meaning, around what the essence of of who we are and and where we started. In many levels, I started at our kitchen table, and I'm back there right now. You know, I always thought of you as somebody who had mastered both, who wore both those hats very well, the designer and the CEO. Um, the businesswoman. 
what what has not being involved with the business actually with running the business actually meant do you is there any of that you miss or were you just so glad to to leave it behind no i have to say i don't miss it you know i i like the idea that i can think left right left side of of my brain and i understand business and certainly i've had to really learn on the job essentially um both from a design perspective and and a business perspective i started from scratch when i started this company um but you know i think many people were fascinated with this idea of being a female ceo and i've always designed product even from the the beginning but now um i don't think it's possible to do both and and do both well i think what's happened over the last 2 years has given me the time that you need to really focus on the product and i think um before that it was being pulled in a million directions all the time and now i i actually have time to really give the intention that the product needs and i think i i see it our customers see it so i, I think i'm definitely it's a bit of a reinvention and a welcome one but do you being more reflective in this moment do you have you been able to you know tory birch wasn't i guess an instant success when you <laughs> launched it was a, it was it was a huge and instant success do you ever wonder why that was the case what 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 it was that clicked with people because you know when i look at when i when i think about what tory birch means to me there's this kind of rich personal story uh in in everything that you've offered to the world and i i would make sense to me that that is the thing that would have clicked with people that they related to you and because you're somehow you what what you were making expressed you but i wondered if you've ever sat down and thought about why it worked as well as it did as quickly as it did i mean i have to be honest i don't give it a lot of time thinking about and certainly it's a bit of a mystery that people um or things that we do and have done have resonated um in the way that they have i certainly um and all of that and 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 it's i think one of the things i've been fascinated with over the years is the idea that luxury isn't about a price point and and that's something that i think is relatable particularly today i think even more so today so what is luxury well um aside point? from time which we all know is probably the biggest luxury i think it's i i look at things in terms of style and this idea of um how things make you feel emotion and um I, there's nothing better when i hear that our clothes make women feel confident um that's a luxury to me but to think about something um that you buy that you have forever that that's a luxury that you can hand on and give down and something that um that's something i've been thinking a lot about is how do you design beautiful things that are timeless and um last now that ties in obviously to a, a lot of concerns in fashion i mean what you're talking about is also in a way the essence of haute couture that it's clothes that aren't disposable it's clothes that do get passed on that and there's that that that's the embodiment of sustainability they have a life 
Yeah. Um, it it's interesting that that is now in people's minds, in your mind, uh, as a sort of it's almost an opposition to the way the industry was, or the or what the the fashion industry had become. That's a fairly fundamental change, it seems to me. I think it's a fundamental change and important change, and a change that we all need to think about. And um, you know, from sustainability, I'm I'm very careful um, talking about it externally because for me, it's so important to have real things to talk about, and it not just be a marketing term. And so that's uh, I think one thing around sustainability that people don't talk enough about which is one of the biggest um, problems is um, product and the overdevelopment and managing how, how much you order of things and, and making sure there's not a lot of waste aside from the fact that, I mean, we're working on many initiatives, not, not from an external standpoint to message them, but really because it's the right thing to do and we all need to be accountable. And that's something I'm holding myself to. It's a Herculean effort. It's, we have a lot to do. And certainly as an industry, we have a lot to do, but personally, so I, I hold myself accountable, but I, yeah. But does that mean um, that when you say there's too much, there was too much, the industry was too much, too much of everything. Does that mean you're looking at shrinking things or? Or you know, you you want you want everything you do to be justifiable. I mean, we've uh, spent a good amount of time the last few years editing collections. There's no question. Um, but I also think it's about operational excellence, and you know, having someone like Pierre helps me a great deal because it's about how much you order. As simple as that. It's about the size of your collections. Certainly it goes to how you make them and what they're made of and everything. But it's there's so many different um, levels to what it means to be better for the environment or someone that is um, making beautiful product in the most, uh, in a way that is the least affecting to the environment. Like that's something, yeah. I finished. I, I was I was doing a sharp and take a breath because I was thought of what, what I was going to ask you next. No, I is so. Is it a? It's interesting that your the new collection is influenced by Shaker philosophy. Yeah, which is actually what you were just saying there. That that the respect, um, the sort of rational aspect of Shaker design, um, is that coincidental? That that was the influence on this collection, or, I, I or was think it a reaction? It really is. I mean, it, it was definitely a bit subconscious. I, and I, you know, something that's interesting to me that I never realized is how much my upbringing has had uh, on me as a person. And certainly, um, going to a school, a Quaker school, I, I never thought about it until this lockdown um, about just sort of a lot of the values that I learned in school have translated through in me throughout my life. And it's not something I ever thought about and really gave a lot of importance to. What values? Well, um, human rights, <laughs> accepting all religions, um, 
this idea of integrity, but also integrity of design, interestingly, that it, it was a bit minimalist. And so that was something that is, I'm not saying that our collections will be minimalist. I certainly love joy and color and print and things like that. But it, it, there's a quietness, a subtlety that I love uh, about it. And I think that's inherent in a lot of what I stand for. And then another interesting thing about, about the Quaker influence in the collection is that it's one more thing I find out about you. <laughs> but uh, you didn't that's know. What, when I, it goes back to what I was saying before, that, that each collection has an element of your story, your, your, whether it's your mother and father, something they did, or somewhere you've been or whatever. It's, it's this kind of steadily unfolding autobiography, which actually is one, one of the things I do like most about fashion and, and looking at the work of designers is seeing how they weave themselves into what they do and how their audiences respond to that. And has that been a deliberate thing for you over the years? I mean, it, it really hasn't been deliberate. It's just sort of been this process that um, when you feel certain things, you and it goes back to nostalgia and remembering different um, points in your life. Certainly the influence my parents have had on me is great. <laughs> and, and that's one of the big factors, but, but art history is another. And um, I was an art history major at Penn and that is something that um, I reference a great deal in almost every one of our collection. Interiors, I've, I've always been passionate about um, interior design. Do you feel obviously uh, travel? Travel is another big one. But do you feel that that's almost a responsibility on on your part to to bring people these things from your experience that maybe they haven't experienced that will you know enhance their lives? I mean, it's an interesting. It's a lovely part of of being a designer. I would imagine that that you bring this. You bring this beauty, the, these things that you find beautiful. I mean, I, I, it, it, I especially think about this new collection because it just felt so right. Um, the, the sort of purity, the simplicity, the in integrity, the authenticity, it is authentic. It's authentic to you. It's not like a research project. It, it actually is something that comes from your life. I wondered if that's how important that's been to you over the years that, you know, you don't, you don't, send your studio to go and get books and you know buy samples and vintage stores or whatever that you're looking into your own past and recreate. Yeah, I mean listen I, I think inspiration comes from everywhere and I um, definitely look to my past for much of our inspiration but I think it's about curiosity and um, when you say um, I like to talk and, and the, the storytelling of it through the product is something that's interesting to me, but also showing different perspectives because certainly women inspire me. That's another big inspiration. And it's, and we're proud to be an American brand, but it's really women globally that I've always been interested in and different cultures. And, and that sort of ties into it as well. There's always some take on that. But I hope it's about authenticity. That's something that's very important to me. Do you, do you think, how do you think it's evolved from when you started to now? How do you think your, <laughs> your storytelling, for example, has changed? Oh, I hope it's much more refined. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I laugh when I think of some of the things that have 
Oh my God. I remember one Halloween, I was a bad sample. <laughs> that, was, that was my costume. Um, you know, learn, live and learn. I learned and constant learner, of course, but wow, I've had, I had a lot of learning to do when I first started the company. What does a Halloween, what does a bad sample costume look like for Halloween? <laughs> How on pretty, earth do you communicate that that's what it, it was, is? It was um, a, a hazard. <laughs> it was a car crash. <laughs> Many different collections all put together and all quite bad. So, But do, do you think that, um, you know, that, that, that with the evolution, do you, do you find yourself sort of settling into a groove where you can see what you kind of know what happens next? You know, you know. Well, I, I never what know what, what happens next. That said, I do feel more confident as a designer. And I think um, that confidence has been from years of learning and understanding, but also I don't want to underplay the last two years and what that has meant to me of just having the time. And um, time is, oh God, so valuable when um, you think about design and working on the amount of collections that I work on, which is a lot. I mean, it's all, all you know, I love ready to wear, but I also love handbags and footwear and, and now jewelry as well. I mean, I'm, I'm really um interested in in all of it but and this idea of um what is the essence of what it means for us and how do we design things that stay um and are timeless i, I think fashion is wonderful style to me is more interesting okay tell me about that what, what how do you what what's the distinction you make there because you are a fashion designer yeah and um, i love fashion but i think fashion um is about what's happening at the moment. And, and I love that. And I think that um, certainly is important. Style um, is something that is everlasting. And that's something that is inherent. And, and people, um, I, I love the idea of people taking things of ours and individualizing it and, and, pair, and making, I, I've always been interested in high-low and as you mentioned, couture, mixing it with something that's, you know, just bought in a flea market. That's something that's really interesting to me. And I think um, women have a way of, of when they dress, they're, they're, the essence of who they are comes out um, and the ability to portray their creativity is something I'm interested in. See, I, when I think that you talk about your shoes and bags, I always think of incredible detail with your shoes and bags. I think you actually get the story and the accessories when you, you, you know. Do, thank it, when, you. Yeah, in your shows where you describe what the, it's often it's something to do with your mom and dad actually. Yes. When you describe what the inspiration of the collection was, you can see the story, the the, the place or the time in the bags and the shoes. And it's, it's kind I, of- I wish my dad was here to see it. Cause he was, he always, it was really funny. He didn't always like the shoes I wore. <laughs> he was very particular. I used to laugh. I, I think he would have been an amazing designer actually. He, he designed his own clothing and, and he had, he was very particular, but um, yeah, I mean, shoes and bags. I mean, I think now this idea of quality is something I've always been obsessed with it, but even more now. and. This idea of luxury, what does that mean? And I, I don't think luxury is about a price. I, I've always been, um, I love this idea of giving our customer lux, luxurious 
things that aren't necessarily a luxury price point. But what but what it's what, not really about price for me either. It's about integrity of design and quality. And also a story. I think that and a story you yeah. intrigue people. You know, a, 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 the, 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 <laughs> a stone on a beach can intrigue somebody. You know, it, it, it objects that are that are really resonant. You know. And a beautiful accessories obviously count there, but I, I wonder how this changes going forward. That mm. you know, um, something something good that could come out of the situation we've been in is that it changes the relationship of the designer and her customer. You know yeah. that, that that there there is maybe an opportunity to to speak more directly to to have a more Absolutely. intimate relationship in a way. I wonder how you feel about that. Well, it's funny. I've always um, been a, a big uh, proponent of guarding my privacy and my family's privacy. It's been really important to me. Raising three boys and in New York City and going through some public difficulties. <laughs> and um, It's been very important for me to keep that sense of privacy to protect my children. Um, interestingly, when, when COVID happened, I've always had a great relationship with our customer and this sort of, listen, they've helped me build our brand. They, they have ownership in that and they feel that. Um, and I give them that because it's what happened. But I think I, I, I've definitely, when COVID happened, I took over our Instagram, for instance, and I felt it was really important to show some more vulnerability and to show that things aren't perfect. And there's this perception of perfection, which is insane. Of course, there's everything is imperfect. And, you know, I thought it was really important to, to have that direct dialogue with them of, of saying, number one, this is frightening and we are all in this together, but to show things as they were, not this sort of um, just sugar-coated sugar idea of, of how things exist. It's um, very important to have that authenticity now, and I don't think it will ever change. I won't go back. <laughs> And what kind of feedback did you get on that? What, how did people come back at you? When you I mean, it was uh, amazing. People, you know, just just the engagement alone and the, the conversations and the appreciation. I think um, people, as I said, have a perception and then there's reality. And I think to show reality and, and make it okay to be vulner vulnerable, show your vulnerability, to um, make sure that people see the imperfection um, was very important. Good heavens. And then <laughs> how, do, how do you translate that into a collection of clothing? Well, hopefully, hopefully the imperfection isn't isn't part of that. Yes. But yeah. I think I think that customer um, dialogue is important when you're um, talking about, as you said, the storytelling of of what we offer. And now more than ever, I mean, I started our company to be purpose driven and purpose led. And back then that was a bit unheard of. People looked at me like I was crazy to talk about the idea of a foundation. Um, I knew I had to build a company before I could afford to start a foundation. Um, but that was ingrained in the very beginning. Um, now that's, companies aren't innovative without purpose. Um, it's been such a part of who we are. And 
it's so funny when you look at some of the comments on in Instagram. My least favorite comment is stick to fashion. <laughs> yeah. If if, yeah. if I ever write a book, it's going to be called stick to fashion. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or it not. Annoy I, it annoys me. <laughs> I get that. I get that too. If I ever do anything, which I God knows what people think my, my, um, you know, my backyard is or whatever. But if I ever, if ever I move out of that I get I get stick to it seems to be like a real knee jerk stick to fashion what I've, does that even mean you're not a human being you can't weigh in on issues of humanity mm -hmm. and and then you obviously can't go into a long explanation of how fashion actually embraces just about every aspect of contemporary life anyway so exactly just yeah. design a dress yeah, stick to fashion. and quiet down yeah yeah it's crazy a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef-grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off-limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you feel like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. And not just any experts, specialised experts. Real people who love this stuff, with real, hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. But you see, your foundation, it feels like to me, is more probably more timely than at any time since you oh, initiated yeah. it because you're focused on women's businesses. And 
I imagine a lot of them are in, just as so many businesses are, are in a lot of trouble. Horrendous. It's horrendous for women right now. I mean, we, we pivoted um, when COVID hit. Um, certainly the, the loans we give out are an incredibly important part. And we will be starting that again um, with our partnership with Bank of America. We've given low interest loans, which is something capital is a big need for women. But right now, um, women need help. And we had to help uh, many women figure out how to get loans, PPP loans, how to, they're, they're taking care of their children at a much higher rate than men. They're, they're, they've become at-home teachers. So we, we had to really pivot to really be a, a resource of, of help for women. The numbers are devastating. Um, when you look at probably um, 600,000 businesses in, in the U.S. have gone out of business in just, I think, February, March, and April. So that was one data point. And it's just growing and it's, it's not getting better. So we are really focused on that, on that. But I think our foundation also tackles is, issues of bias, of, of race. We have a whole initiative of, of a friend of mine, Melody Hobson, coined the phrase being color brave. And, and in the US, it's such an important um, topic right now, obviously. And um, I, as, uh, and as our company, don't ever mind weighing in on issues of humanity. I try to steer clear of politics. <laughs> harder and harder these days. Yeah. Issues of humanity, no problem. I mean, between politics and the pandemic, the challenges that, that a foundation like yours faces must seem almost insurmountable at times. Well, so I think it's an opportunity in many ways. I think, you know, also just even starting the concept of wear a damn mask, which I, I started to uh, uh, challenge of the hashtag wear a damn mask. It's, it's um, not a political statement. It's um, a pretty easy fix in protecting yourself and if not yourself, protecting others. What's interesting about our masks, Tim, we, we, we have um, raised over a million dollars with um, just the sales of our masks alone. And 500,000 of that has gone to the International Medical Court to fight COVID um, internationally. And then 500 has gone to our foundation, but it's still going. 100% of the sales of, of the masks go to these initiatives. When you look at your industry, do you think there should be more initiatives like that? I think it, uh, people have an opportunity to create change. And I think people are understanding that their businesses are could and should maybe be vehicles for doing good, um, as well as um, offering wonderful product. But I think there's um, a hybrid model and, and that's something I've believed in for a long time, that businesses have the power to be wonderful advocates for humanity. And Yeah, I would imagine there must have been times when you were very frustrated, though, that, that, that actually, um, you know, people say that what, what's happened in the last, that, that what the pandemic did was it sped things up. So what was going to take five years took five months. Yeah, which, it's an accelerant. Yeah, it could be a good, could be a good thing. It could be grounds yeah. for optimism. If when you look around you, obviously things are particularly dark right now. Yeah. But you do see the green shoots, do you? 
I do. I mean, I think um, if we had this conversation in March and April, it would have been much tougher. And certainly the environment is still very tough. But I do feel that um, this idea of accelerating many of the things we were working on um, anyway, uh, sped up for sure. There's no question. But um, it it takes a lot of anything frivolous out of the equation. And you have to get to the essence of everything, whether it's running your business or designing product and things have to be have integrity and have more meaning. And I think that there's a lot of silver linings that COVID has brought on. And, and um, I think being focused is more important now than ever. And I, I think anyone would agree um, that said, when you think about just product assortments, um, one thing I'm happy about is that we didn't edit the emotion and the, the newness. And we, we definitely have our iconic product, but women still want to dream and they still want to escape, particularly in dark times. I think they are still looking for that thing that brings them joy. Were you at all disheartened over the last nine months? Were there times when you talked <laughs> about the very beginning, when you had to, when you moved out to your house in Long Island and you were basically made a little war room um, and you had no idea at that point what was going to happen? Were you, were you ever disheartened or nervous about what was going on? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say in the beginning, I was fighting for our company. You know, I, I, we had, I mean, it's not a natural thing to have three, over 300 stores shut for two months and not knowing when the end or, you know, how it would unfold. I think it's been um, a journey of constant whiplash of highs and lows. And, and certainly um, you have to really grasp onto the highs because there's been a lot of lows. I lost um, an employee that was a dear friend of mine, worked with me for 15 years. And uh, in March, I worked with, was working with her the week before she passed away to COVID. So it was a complete shock. And it was a shock that was very, very dark because it was someone that I cared deeply about. So to to have that loss immediately, it brought this grave reality into what we were facing and the seriousness of it. Um, protecting jobs. I, I love giving jobs. Um, protecting our employees. They're like a second family to me. So um, building something and watching it potentially crumble, it was, you know, it was extremely difficult. Um, but there is also that resilience that was so inspiring. You saw many people coming together and a lot of designers coming together. I had so many um, conversations with um, my peers and helping each other. It was um, incredibly gratifying and incredibly hopeful. What did you learn about yourself that you didn't know through that whole period? I think I, you know, I've been through a fair amount in my life, yes. so I, 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 I get it's kind of a silly question, actually. <laughs> no, but listen, I think um, you, you, uh, resilience, that's something um, 
the ability to just not give up and 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 get more focused. I always think of grace under pressure, and certainly everyone's had to have that a bit. Um, but how do you come out stronger? And that was something I constantly was thinking about with Pierre Eve. I mean, having him, I can't underplay the importance he has had. I wouldn't have been able to do it without him. Mm. Um, really, I wouldn't. And his expertise and uh, his global understanding and the maneuvering of our businesses globally. Um, it's, it was um, clearly a challenge, but also this idea of, of, of keeping the company functioning and moving and things closing and, and being agile and <laughs> rethinking. And it was, <laughs> so that's how it was. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, I was reading a, a Forbes magazine piece on you, and obviously a big part of your story has been that you built a billion-dollar business. And reading reading that piece and then thinking about everything that has happened uh, in yeah. the world, where the, the whole notion of success being quantifiable by, you know, the multi-millions of dollars that your business generates feels to me that that's something that has changed too, that, that, that there is a I different mean, I, sense of what success is now. Well, I hope that's not really a change. I've never thought about success in terms of a number ever. And I never have thought about um, success with, uh, yeah, that's the best way to say it. It's just something I, um, I grew up um, being taught never to talk about politics, religion, or money. <laughs> and those are three things that were very taboo. But I, I think uh, money doesn't bring happiness or success. That's not what defines me and never will. Never has and never will. I, I have three boys. I talk about it all the time. It's about um, finding your journey of what makes you happy and what uh, makes others happy. How do you have a positive impact on the world. That's how I see things. Um, so I, I don't ever think about defining success by um, any kind of numerical equation. What are you looking for for yourself, do you think? Oh, what makes I mean, you happiest? I'm, you know, listen, I feel fortunate. My kids are doing well. I have a wonderful husband. My mother's great. My mom is isolated. It's very funny. I, I, I want to go see her. She's like, well, it's okay. <laughs> She's, you know, very happy at the moment being isolated. It's a scary time for, for people of her age. Um, but I, I can't complain. I feel um, super happy even despite the chaos around me. I, I, I think um, I, I've always been one to appreciate little things and never, I've always been appreciative of, um, and I think this idea of having to stay still and even more present is something that um, has been a gift to me because the journey over the last 15 years has been um, an intense journey and one of constant moving. I think the last, uh, since March or however many months, uh, nine months of sitting still has been a, a bit of a, has been a great thing. I think of you as a bibliophile as well. You know, you love <laughs> books, you collect first editions and, and that's a very, that's quite a solitary reflective pursuit as well. You know, you, you, read poetry, you'll sit and you'll read poetry, um, which is a very 
sustaining uh, sustaining obsession, I suppose, in a way. Isn't it? Is it an yeah. obsession, do you think? It is an obsession. I think I, I'm definitely an internal thinker as well. I think, um, but books are obviously a bit of an escapism as well. Um, I think uh, the more I read, the I realize the less I know. <laughs> and it's something that this aptitude for this um, curiosity I have um, to learn about everything. It's not just um, our industry. I'm, I'm interested in biographies. I'm interested in novels. I'm interested in classics. I'm interested. So for me, it's... Um, a window into our history, um, uh, an education on the way history repeats itself, um, learning about other cultures. Um, yeah, it's an obsession. What what are the, what are the words that have meant most to you? And over the over the over your years of being, what what are your go to books? Oh, I mean, I my favorite book is probably A Hundred Years of Solitude. Um, really. By Gabriel Garcia Marquez, and I mean, how do you write like that? I just—it's mm. just the most mystical, beautiful thing in the world. Do you know that's really funny? I just read David Bailey's autobiography. No, and, I haven't read that. And he talks—I I don't—I don't know if it's out yet, but he talks about not being much of a reader. But that's the book that he really—that's uh, the Have book. Have you read it? He, um, no, I haven't. I'm sorry. I blushed. <laughs> it was just a, a short novel. <laughs> yeah, it's a door soap. I know. No, uh, it's, it's one of those amazing. ones. You have to read it. Now, what 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 about that book? I do. I know what it's about. But what about that book speaks to you? Well, I just um, it makes you dream. The fantasy, the the mysticism, the um, beauty, and the actual writing. I mean, the, I love beautifully written books. There's another book, Wild Swans. I don't uh -huh. know if you've read I've that. I've read that. Yes, I've read that. Yeah. It's beautifully written. Um, I, I'm interested in that. And certainly classics, like Tender as the Night. <laughs> you can't, or, or even, um, oh gosh, Anne Rand. I mean, I think Fountainhead was such a wonderful book. I know, <laughs> but I just like reading about, it's not even, It's it's not because I like, necessarily the message of the books I read always. I mean, King Leopold's Ghost is about a genocide at the turn of the century. I mean, I'm, I'm just interested in all kinds of topics. It's, it's not just um, one kind of book. Do you, do you think that there's a little bit of F. Scott Fitzgerald in, in, in what you do, that, that in a way there's something, I've always thought there was a little bit of that in your, in your work, that you talk about nostalgia but there was that sort of ideal life in a way that you were presenting. There was, there've been some collections that had that, had a wonderful sort of uh, expat in the Mediterranean feeling, you know? And I, and well, I, I, think, I, was... I, I can see that. I think, you know, if you think about my parents also, um, yeah, yeah, there's exactly. a bit of that in, in their documenting of their journeys. And it just seemed like such a simple time when there's there, the pictures I look at and, this, this idea of this American elegance that's abroad is kind of an interesting thing that I witnessed. It was something that 
I looked at their pictures of their travels and I heard about them firsthand when they'd come back. It was funny, they they would leave us at home. <laughs> my brother, my brothers and I had a grand time being left for most of their trips. So definitely a different time <laughs> back then. And yet, you know, the, the thing that's so striking about Fitzgerald is that there's always that little shadow. You know, mm. there's always a there's always a well in tender is the night especially. You know, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't go so well there. And uh, I wonder how important that is that for you that, you know, you, you, do, you talk about the, the, the life you've led, you've been challenged, you've been really challenged. And, and now you're being challenged again in a different way. Um, you know, you've been emotionally challenged. I wonder how important that is to, in, in presenting like this ideal vision that, that at the same time, you know that it's hard won. You know, it's not easy. That that beauty obviously has a flip side. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a dose of reality. Um, but I think it, fashion and collections are in my, they, they are, I liked how you put it in autobiography, but they also are what you dream about. <laughs> Things that um, maybe you can um, offer this idea that, not necessarily has to be so based on the the reality of the hard things. I mean, I think there's I like the idea of integrity um, in in clothing and and materials and honesty and humility and how do you tie that into collections? But I think there's also the beauty of just being able to dream as well and this idea of of, of joy and optimism. I, I definitely, despite all the things that I've seen or gone through, I'm definitely an optimistic person. There, you know, there's, a, there, there's, there's been a little bit of debate about what happens next with fashion. Does fashion become, does fashion engage or does fashion escape? Do you offer engagement or escapism? Um, do you, you know, there are, there are people who are saying, it'll be forever clothing, which is kind of what we were talking about before. And then there's people who are saying it'll be, you know, fantasy. So what do you see the-, the I mean, I hope there? it's a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, when you look throughout history and certainly after World War II, people were ready to celebrate when, when and I think people want to celebrate and go out. I mean, lockdown is not a natural thing for humanity. People are social beings and they want to, be out and about. And I think that will um, translate into uh, things that you want to celebrate in <laughs> and dressing up again. There's, there's no question about that. It's quite nice if it, the idea that it might become a private pleasure though, less, of, oh, less, less about social media, more about- I, I love that idea. I mean, one huge silver lining of this whole thing are these intimate and small dinners and dinners of two and four people, of six people, of really having more um, real time. But getting really dressed up for them as well. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Have you been doing that? I mean, I've gotten a little dressed up. I wouldn't say really dressed up, but um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a farm girl, Tim. <laughs> I'm very happy <laughs> living on a farm how I grew up, <laughs> but I do love getting dressed up. I, 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 I have to say, I will love it again. Do you, do you have a, a role model 
for yourself? Is there a woman who, who, or a man who you look at, who inspires you and who you, you feel you know, I, funny, would... I, was, I was thinking, cause I saw, I saw that note of like who, what women in history. I mean, I was thinking more women, uh, are relatable to me from a role model standpoint, except my brother, my brothers, I have a few, um, but you know, of course I, my mother, but I, if I had to think of women that stand out, um, Eleanor Roosevelt, I thought Jane Goodall, I, um, there's a woman that you should look up, Jennifer Doudna, she's just got won the Nobel Peace Prize and what she's done around discovering CRISPR and, and gene editing is mm -hmm. um, pretty amazing. And then you look at what Stacey Abrams has done and um, she's an interesting, incredible woman. They are all very, very powerful figures. Is there anyone in fashion who comes anywhere close to that sort of impact on your life? Um, you mean living like now? Well, living, uh, living or not, I mean, Coco Chanel, <laughs> I don't know, who Who do you see as being, I, I mean, especially now that you are- Who do you, who do you see, Tim? <laughs> well, because, because, you, because there's such an activist component to what you do, and yeah. because you've, you really have engaged your business in the real world, um, where, you know, what you design and what you, what you create in your business, what you create with your foundation. I mean, these things, there's, there's a sort of, there's a sort of symbiosis there that, that actually feels very contemporary. I'm not sure that it ever existed before um, where designers were so motivated by a sense of social responsibility. Uh, but I, I yeah. don't know, was there anyone? I mean, none, none that I can think of no. offhand. And, and I think what's interesting with all of it is that it was always there in, internally and an internal discussion and things that, but I was really careful not to talk about our foundation until we had something to talk about. And, and that took me years. We launched our foundation in 2009. So it's 10 years old and we didn't really start talking about it in an external way until about five years ago. Um, so I just felt that it had to be authentic and real, and we had to be really doing real things. Um, but it's always been this partnership of how do we, how do they, and how do, how do they work together, the foundation and the company, and and it's a careful balance because we we don't want to be too preachy. Number one. I think that's important. We want to be educational and certainly you, the company is also a vehicle to be able to accomplish great things and move the needle on, on issues that we care about. Has anyone ever had a conversation with you about leadership roles of other kinds? <laughs> none, none that I've engaged in in a serious <laughs> matter. It's an interesting notion for the future, though. You never know. I mean, listen, I, there, I think one of your questions that I had seen is like, what would what would something you could tell someone that they don't know about you? I, I've always been obsessed with the CIA. <laughs> I guess now that I mentioned that, I can't ever join it. <laughs> ever since well, I was little. <laughs> who knows? There might be an opening there quite sooner than we <laughs> yeah. think. Good heavens. Mm -hmm. 
Victoria, it's been wonderful speaking to you. Um, I don't know how much longer this is going to be the way we we meet up. But, I know, uh, I know. It's it's funny because you actually end up talking a lot more. And if I was talking to you backstage, I would have had two or three minutes. So. No, I'm happy to have more time. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank, Thank you, you so much. And congratulations on everything that you're doing. And I, I, I Thank hope you. It, I hope leading by example actually turns into something, you know, really meaningful in the next few years. So. Uh, thank you, Tom. Nice to see you. Good to see you. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, give us a rating, and you might be interested in joining the Business of Fashion's global membership community, BOF Professional. Our members receive exclusive deep dive analysis, regular email briefings, as well as unlimited access to our archive of over 10,000 articles, our new iPhone app, learning materials from BOF Education. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to up your game? For me, I got a chef grade range recently, and now I'm cooking new things every single night. Seriously, no cuisine is off limits. The point is, when we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. I can picture myself with a car full of groceries, cruising down the highway, soaking up the sun with the available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Ah, pure bliss. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.